Well, good morning and welcome to this second episode of The Money Minutes um, with Ross Greenwood. Now, look, thank you so much. I got great response to the first one. So the experiment, I guess, keeps on going for the time being. Uh, and it's just interesting just to note some of the reactions uh, around the place. I'll play you a little bit of audio a little later from one, just trying to explain um, one area of why it is that September around 25, 24, 25 is such an important day for Australia to be able to cope economically with the aftermath of coronavirus. And also, this explains why it is that in particular, the federal government is so desperate to get people back to work. As I said in that first episode, really, remember, it's always very basic. Um, If you've got people working, they're paying tax. If they're not working, they're taking money from the government. And as a result, the hole gets bigger and bigger during that period. The interesting part about my observation right now is as some of the relaxation came from the state governments uh, over this past weekend, yep, people got out. There's no doubt there's an appetite to consume and to spend. The real issue is what happens when really the unemployment starts to bite and to become, you know, obvious and very sustainable, if you like, through many industries. Now, if you consider the tourism industry is one that already is suggesting that um, with international borders in Australia shut, uh, I noticed that, say, for example, that the tourism industry is saying that could be as much as $70 billion of revenue wiped out. This is coming from Deloitte Access Economics. Um, now, then consider the flow-on effect of suppliers um, of uh, you know the food industry, of cleaning staff in regional and remote areas. Um, there's no doubt that domestic tourism will certainly pick up as our borders start to open and people can start to move again, uh, with the government always very cognizant about trying to make certain that there are no outbreaks. But where does that money, where does it come from? Now, the important thing to understand here is, of course, that a person coming in on a cruise ship or on a flight from overseas, buying hotels, traveling around, enjoying tourism experiences, is going to spend more money, always more money, than a person uh, traveling domestically. And so from that point of view, the tourism industry is one of those areas that does not get the same kick up that other industries are currently enjoying. So, you know, I've been out doing a bit of consumer spending over the weekend, having just recently moved home. Um, and as a result, you go and find that the JB Hi-Fi's of this world are actually going really quite well at the moment. They're not, they're not slow. They're pretty busy. You go and have a yarn to the local butcher. He tells me he's up some 50%, you know, week on week, um, basically as a result of just people getting out there and enjoying themselves. So as I say, you, you go and talk to different people um, and you'll get a different view as to how uh, a coronavirus um, and the economy is hurting them. Now, quite clearly, uh, it depends on where you are regionally in Australia. It also depends very much on the, the socio-economic sort of region that you're in at the time as well. Um, and this is the reason why I think you'll find with any recession, uh, you, you always tend to find that it has a sporadic impact. It, it hurts some areas more than others, some industries more than others. But, you know, if you contemplate now where the buck stops with this coronavirus-led recession, it's got to be it with the banks. Uh, and if you consider now banks that have already pulled dividends and already suggested that, you know, there's going to be some hurt, 
And I noticed that one of my my faithful correspondents saying to me, look, the, the real estate industry is going to go, it may go, and I'd suggest probably there is a pent-up appetite, but I just wonder how long-term and sustainable that is if you start to see the unemployment rate rise. And as I say, it's going to be different in different parts of the country and even different in different suburbs in individual large cities. So this is where I think you get to with you know sort of any sort of downturn, any economic downturn. It has different impacts. I can remember going back to the previous recession, 1991, and I had mates of mine, stockbrokers, who at that time simply couldn't find a job for six, 12 months, could not find a job. You go to a, a property auction and there would be no buyers, none at all. So you could literally dictate to a bank, say, for example, it didn't want to hold onto these dodgy loans, the bad loans that they had. So you could dictate what price you would pay for assets. Well, we're certainly not at that point here in Australia yet. But the, the real worry, as I said in that first episode, is that there is a, a genuine concern that that is what is coming in the next little while. Anyway, let's get to our caller that came through in this last little while, and I'll try and see if I can answer that question for you. Here it is. G'day, Ross. Richard from Brisbane here, long-time listener of yours, and really glad to hear you back on the airwaves, or at least a different medium, but you know what I mean. Um, Mate, just in terms of the date you popped in your diary, September 25, I think you said, I'm wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Is that uh, when you think most businesses will um, sort of fall flat on their faces, the zombie businesses, um, off the back of JobKeeper-related stimulus ceasing, or just interested um, to hear a little bit more about that and... um, Glad to have a rational voice of reason to uh, to listen to in these trying times. Cheers, Ross. Bye. Okay, so the answer to that question is, to why is September 25 in my mind such an important date? Well, if you consider that the six-month moratorium on companies going broke, effectively allowing directors to trade while insolvent, was six months from the day in which it became enacted in Parliament. Now, that's around... March 24, 25. Take six months on, you come to September 25. That's the testing date. Because bear in mind, it's around about that period of time that you then have the job keeper program either being revised or indeed being tightened up. And so from that aspect, it is when really many employers who might right now have workers on the job keeper but which might technically be trading insolvent if we had the rules as they normally are, could find themselves really facing a significant brick wall. That's the reason why September this year is important. But by that time, you would hope really that the economy has started to pick up. Now, I know I'm all downcast at all this sort of thing about, you know, where I think the economy is headed, the trajectory of it. But, you know, the, the, the positive signs are there as well because people are out there. There are people who clearly are doing reasonably well with consumer spending at this time. And remember that consumers make up some 60% of the Australian economy. So, you know, if really you've got the mojo back for domestic consumers. The final part about this to remember is that Australia has missed the worst of the coronavirus. The brilliance of Australia by having locked down international borders so so early, and this is the reason why you've got Scott Morrison riding so high in the polls right now, is mainly because you had a situation where Australia did not have its health system overrun as they did in Europe and in the United States. 
That being the case, we've now got a capacity to open up the economy. Even if there are outbreaks, Australia's health system would appear right now to be able to manage those outbreaks. And yes, it's very sad when you get more cases of coronavirus and therefore more people either um, hurt or in hospital or on ventilators in um, you know, emergency wards. But the fact is we have enough ventilators and right now enough emergency beds to cope with outbreaks as they come. That's the reason why the economy is opening up. That's the reason why Australia, again, is in such a brilliant position as compared with most other countries around the world when it comes to the coronavirus. Anyway, if you can work this app and figure out how to send me a voice message, I'll try and get some of those things into the program. And also just, you know, send me a note and let me know what interviews would you like to hear from? What people would you like to hear from? We might try and get a few of the old uh, Money News special guests in from time to time to try and give you their view of the world as well. So that's it for episode two of the Money Minutes. Trust you enjoyed it. Give me some feedback, spread it around, share the love, and we'll try and keep on doing this for you into the future. Many thanks.